Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thanks for listening today. Our title sponsor is Peterson Toyota, a great Ram Nation partner that prides itself on excellent service and delivering you the vehicle that is right for you. They've been in business more than 50 years and they are the largest dealership in Northern Colorado. Hop online and check out the new full-size SUV, the 2023 Sequoia with 437 horsepower, 9,000 pounds towing, seating for up to seven or eight people, and a 14-inch touchscreen. You'll be amazed at Peterson's entire selection and their knowledgeable, friendly staff will help you find the right vehicle for you. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I am Joel Cantalamessa. I am joined by Steve Ivey. We've got a good show for you today. We have senior guard Kendall Moore joining us here in a second. Following a big-time win at New Mexico last night, Thursday night, the team got stuck in Albuquerque due to mechanical issues with the aircraft, so Kendall's been kind enough to join us in between workouts, team meetings, and a funky schedule just overall today. Uh, As you all know, Kendall Moore is a senior guard who has started in all but one game that he has played in his entire career as a Ram. He's a big reason for the team's 21-3 record. He did go through a little bit of a dip in scoring earlier this year compared to previous years, but he's shown flashes of getting a stroke back in recent games. He's really been a pillar of this program's turnaround, this rebuilding effort since committing to Nico Medved and Colorado State University in 2018. He and Isaiah Stevens make up one of the best backcourts in the country. He provides steady ball handling, great defense. He's a deadly scorer. He's one of the top three-point shooters in school history. He came to CSU from Danville High School in Illinois, where he was the all-time leading scorer in school history. He accumulated more than 1,700 points in his career. Coming out of school, he was a top 10 prospect in the state and the top point guard following his senior year, according to Prep Hoops Illinois. CSU was lucky to have him. All right, Kendall, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us, bud. I know you are uh, busy in Albuquerque right now. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. So tell us, uh, first of all, before we get into last night's game, you guys, uh, you guys had some aircraft mechanical issues, and you got you're supposed to fly <laughs> out to uh, Vegas for the UNLV game tomorrow night. You got stuck in Albuquerque another night. Tell, so what have you guys been doing? Uh, so we just got back from uh, breakfast not too long ago. Uh, the players and some of the coaches we went out to this place called Frontier, I think, on campus, and it was actually pretty good. Not gonna lie. <laughs> do you guys get you guys uh go for the new mexican cuisine red or green chili uh i think a couple people did get a breakfast burrito with the green or red chili yes i yeah. believe so nice so uh what'd you guys do last night after the game then to instead of hopping on a plane do you guys get to find a little bit last night we just chilled uh they ordered us some pizza so everybody got their own box of pizza last night and obviously we just all chill and watch tv honestly good well hey it was uh it was a big-time road win last night in a tough place to get wins. Um, first half, you couldn't really slow down their offense. Gave up 42 points, but played a pretty flawless second half. Outscored uh, New Mexico by 17 and route to an 83-68 to win. What, what was the difference there in the second half? 
Um, I think our intensity was completely different in the first and second half. Um, obviously, defensively, we kind of changed our scheme a little bit. We started switching uh, one through five, and we kind of changed a couple matchups. And that kind of shocked them a little bit because they didn't think we was going to do that. And I feel like that was just the best call. Slowed them down. Um, and we limited our turnovers, too, in the second half. First half, we turned it over a little bit, so they got in transition. And obviously, they're a great transition team. And so the second half, we turned down turnovers and we kind of slowed them down a little bit. Yeah, and, and really started feeding David Roddy inside <laughs> and just kind of t- exploiting that matchup, and he was just a machine. Oh, yeah, yes, sir, always. He's always a monster. You know, what is it about uh, this team in the second half? I, I Every time it's a, you know, we're sitting there at the halftime, we're kind of in a grind, and I always tell myself, look, it's it, Nico's going to make adjustments, and and this team just comes out and plays strong. I went back and looked at, at the 24 games that you guys have played this year. In 17 of them is a clear-cut improvement from the first half to the second half. What is that about this team? That is it uh, adjustments that the coaching staff makes? Is it just that you guys – kick it up a notch or, or a little bit of both? Uh, I think it's definitely a little bit of both. Like you said, first half, um, I don't know. Sometimes we just start off a little slow. I don't know if it takes us time to, like, get the feel of how the game going to go or things like that. But second half, we know it's the last 20 minutes of the game. By all means, we just have to go out there and play our best and come out with a victory. Just real quickly on that, along those lines, Kendall, do you uh... – do you think the depth of the team, the fact that you guys play nine or ten guys, do you sense at any point in the second half that you're uh, wearing other teams down? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, we talked about that a little yesterday, trying to wear down um, New Mexico State. I mean, not New Mexico State, New Mexico guards. And I feel like for the most part we did because they play a lot of minutes. Like you said, we have a lot of depth, so we can sub, you feel me, in and out. But most teams, they don't play as many people as we do. Last night, you seemed to get into it a little bit, a uh, little little jawing uh, word is. I was listening <laughs> on the radio. You might have said something to the New Mexico bench after making it three. I know you had some words with Jalen House. Um, it seems like uh, it seems like you enjoy uh, you enjoy talking. Uh, you got into it a little bit with uh, the Air Force coach Joe Scott earlier in the year. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that part of your game? Do you like talking? Uh, I just feel like. If somebody starts talking to me, then I'm going to talk back. I'm not shy of any confrontation, none of that. Like, if you get to talking to me, just make sure you talk the whole 40 minutes because I'm going to talk the whole game. <laughs> well, Jalen House, House was chir- chirping pretty good the whole game, it seemed like. Well, until you guys shut him down there in the second half. He was chirping for a while, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. He was – me and him was talking the whole entire game until, like, last – about eight minutes of the second half, he got a little quiet. <laughs> anything anything worth uh mentioning in terms of specific words spoken between the two of you um not really just at the beginning he was like he was like you talking a little early aren't you i was like of course and then he got to talk to me and i told him like if you talk to me just make sure you talk the whole 40 minutes because i'm going to keep talking to you and i'm going to stay here the whole game <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that is awesome hey so you know, you, you guys are coming off of, of now a couple huge road wins. I mean, the Boise game was, yeah. was a huge win on the road. This was obviously, um, you know, looking at record-wise and where New Mexico is in the standings, um, you, you might not think it was as big, but when you go to the pit, any win in the pit is big. That's a tough place to play, a tough place to win. So that was huge. You know, we're all kind of looking as fans ahead a little bit to uh, this Wyoming game on Wednesday. You know, the previous matchup was, 
a big time heartbreaker. You know, there's going to be Mountain West implications potentially on the line. So we're really excited about that. We can't wait for that next home game. But obviously, there's a big one in between this UNLV game. How do, how do you guys stay focused on the task at hand? Coach Nico always preaches this game by game, and there's nothing more important than what's ahead of you this next game. So um, the, this UNLV team is a, is a team that really kind of dominated us at Moby earlier uh, in, in league play. Yes, sir. How do you, how do you guys how do you guys do it? How what what do you do to to stay mentally prepared each and every game and bring your best? And then I want to and then I want to hear about what what do you guys have planned for for kind of turning the tides against UNLV this second matchup? Well, usually we always just preach right now means everything. So like obviously like you said, we has our we have our eye on things in the future, but at the moment we just have to focus like you said game by game, day by day. And so right now our next opponent is UNLV, so we're just going to turn all our attention to them on Saturday. Yeah. Well, that that game, the previous game against them was a a, a mystery. I mean, you had you've only had a couple games mm. where where it just kind of fell flat or just kind of didn't match up well, just didn't have it that night. Uh, obviously, the San Diego State game in, at VA House was a tough one as well, but um, you know that one was easy to write off because you had such a long COVID pause leading up to that. Um, and it, you had to shake off some rust. But when UNLV came to town towards the end of January, they, they really did kind of dominate that game start to finish. Isaiah had 35 points, a career high. Roddy had 13. Nobody else scored more than seven. It was kind of a struggle offensively. What do you think happened in that game, and how do you reverse it uh, on the road in Vegas this weekend? Like you said, it was just a mystery game. They came in and gave us their all. Um, like you said, offensively, uh, we talked about it we thought we was kind of like, they kind of like sped us up a little bit and kind of just like frustrated us. But at the same time, uh, I feel like since then, we've been playing way better basketball. Now, obviously, UNLV is a great team. Uh, they have some great players, uh, especially in Bryce Hamilton. And I don't know, when we play them Saturday, it's just going to be a whole different Colorado State team. So you, you've had an interesting year, Kendall. You're one of the best long-range shooter in, shooters in CSU history kind of after that COVID pause, you and like everybody else kind of went through a, a little bit of a shooting slump. You've come out of it recently with a couple of key performances and, uh, and a couple of big wins uh, in the last week or week and a half, two weeks. I mm-hmm. uh, had that huge game uh, with 22 points at Nevada, uh, some huge baskets in the win at Boise State, really timely key baskets there. What is it like, though, when you go multiple games, you know, when you're struggling shooting from the field, particularly from outside, does it, does it ever rattle you mentally? Or are you uh, are you just like a hey shooters keep shooting kind of guy and you just gotta to shake it off and keep firing? Uh, you definitely have to keep shooting and shake it off. Uh, like I spoke about a couple of weeks ago, like if you just get in your head that oh, I've been uh, missing shots, I'm not gonna shoot. That's that's how you mess up your shot and uh, just it messes messes up your mental a little bit. Like I put in the work, I stay after practice, before practice, get my shots up. So. I really can't be too frustrated because I feel like I did, I did what you for me needs to be done. Obviously, coach talks to me all the time, just saying, uh, stay with it. And I feel like that's what I did. Nevada game, uh, Kendall, you got going in the, uh, in Nevada game, hit a huge three, nailed, changed the momentum of the game, the, the road game in Reno. Um, and it seems like it gave you a little bit of a, a little bit of a lift over the next, uh, uh, over the last few games. 
is that what it takes to snap out of it, hitting that first kind of really big shot, a sense of relief? Does it help you catch fire? I mean, is that is that kind of a is it a is it a mental thing where when you make that first one, just all of a sudden things seem to to, to fall together? I would say so. Yes, uh, like you said, that's one thing about me. I try to get myself going early to like get the feel of things. Like you said, you see that first shot go in after missing a few uh, previous before, and it's like it's like a relief. It's like okay, I saw the first one go in, now the second one. I'm going to see that one go in and just so so on and so forth. Like like you said, you get going early and see that first shot go in. It's like, you feel me? Everything else going to come to you. I'm thinking back to uh, just a couple of years, I remember uh, you going off against Air Force at Moby, making, uh, I think, seven out of ten. I remember giving you a little bit of gas afterward because you had a chance. You you went for the heat check for the eight three, and I said you could have just blown right by everybody <laughs> on the three pointers. But that also, I mean, that's a, that's another part of the game. If you're hitting threes, then all of a sudden your speed becomes important going to the hoop, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's any, there's nobody quicker on the team than you with that step to the hoop and and. Uh, there's so many times when, when the team is stagnant offensively and, and you find a way to find a seam and drive the lane with a, with a sweet lay-in, it's, uh, it always amazes me. But uh, it was funny because, you know, as we talk about kind of taking the lid off the basket, Jalen Lake's been struggling a little bit shooting. And last night he hit a couple in a row. He, he hit one. He's like, all right, I felt good. I'm going to hit another one. And then, uh, and then he started, it was like rapid fire launching shots for him after that. It was, it was kind of, he was like, he was feeling good, but is that something that though, um, as a team, you kind of go through ups and downs? Cause there, there was a stretch there after the COVID pause in particular, it was probably a good two week stretch where we just really struggle offensively as a team. And is that just a contagious thing where, um, when things are going well, it's easy to keep going well. And when things go South, it kind of gets in your head and, and then it's uh, it's contagious shooting good or bad. I would say it might be a little bit of that. Um, like you said, everybody gets in a little bit of slump and I feel like after COVID we just was kind of like in that slump kind of get back to the Philippines like you said COVID kind of paused us for a week and a half two weeks and honestly now I feel like we're starting to get back in a groove of things like you said knocking down shots playing great defense so I feel like moving forward we should be straight. All right let me pause real quick and mention Ginger and Baker. We rave about them every week. If you don't know them by now, you got to get to know them. They are located in an historic 100-year-old grain mill that was masterfully renovated. It's home to two restaurants, the Cash and the Cafe. It also has a coffee shop, a bakery, teaching kitchen, event spaces, and a market. It's become such a great gathering place for dining, shopping, hanging out with friends, enjoying a homemade slice of pie. The cafe has got great comfort food, biscuits, fried chicken, pot pies, eggs over easy, great breakfasts, working lunches, delicious dinners. And the cash upstairs has a similar style. It's just a little elevated, featuring great Colorado steaks and chops, mouth-watering sides, fine wine, decadent desserts. It is an awesome, awesome place in a great environment. Please check it out. Support our friend Ginger Graham and her Fort Collins gem, Ginger and Baker. I just want to kind of shift gears here a little bit. You know, one of the things that I, I, I've noticed this year, and I can't remember if you'd done it in, in the previous years, but, um, you know, during the national anthem, I've noticed that you kneel and, you know, we, we certainly understand why that is and in, in the, the social movement we've seen over the last year or two. Um, what does that mean to you? Why is that important to you? Um, I feel like it's very important. Like you said, uh, everybody know what it stands for, but for me, it's like kind of like a, 
a bigger feeling. Like where I'm from, Denver, Illinois, is just crime right there is unbelievable. But at the same time, it's a lot of things like you see on the internet or previous places, just like a lot of, I would say like a lot of corrupt things going on. So I feel like where I am, like my platform, I feel like I have to use that to the best of my abilities. And I feel like as a foundation, I should just, you feel me, not stand for the national anthem. That's why I feel like where my heart is and because my pops doesn't, my pops does the same thing. And at first I asked him and then we had to talk about it. And, and as more things started to carry on and me seeing more things with my own eyes, it kind of like, it kind of like put a spark in my head. Like, oh, I understand it now. So I'm going to use my platform the best way as I can. And I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's um, it, it always seems far away. Like it's uh, you see it on the news. Right. And then until it hits close to home with, with Barry Wesley from the football team, uh, what, two years ago now, um, yes, sir. you know, it's, uh, it's not, we're not immune from it anywhere. So, um, you know, it's hard for someone like me to relate to it, you know, but, but seeing you take that action and you talk about it, um, it does tell the story and it does hit home as to why this is important. So I appreciate you sharing that. No problem. So um, I, I know we mentioned this kind of off be right before you came on the, the, the call here, but uh, you said, you know, you saw on Twitter that uh, our, our esteemed colleague, Steve Ivy got a new puppy and, and he's been doing this for uh, he's had what, four golden retrievers over the course. Since of 1983. You bet. <laughs> always, always <laughs> after one of his favorite uh, college basketball players. And I'll let Steve, Steve tell the story, but, but uh, you have a new namesake, Kendall. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I, it's a, it's always been kind of one of those things. My wife and I, like I said, have had uh, golden retrievers since 1983. Uh, we kind of went out uh, on the limb here uh, recently and decided to get a puppy. Uh, our oldest, our other dog is is going to be 11 years old. He's named after uh, Andy Ogaday, who played for CSU back in the early 2010s. I don't know if you if you've met Andy. Great kid. Uh, yeah, big Andy. Yeah, I, I played with him. Yeah, uh, we love him. Um, and so uh, so we decided to get a, a companion for Ogie. And uh, and I don't know if you heard the story, but, you know, the seeds for this were planted over a year ago with the name. Uh, I was doing a uh, post game interview with Roddy. I was covering uh, CSU for RamNation.com last year and I was doing a post game interview with Roddy. And I'm pretty sure it was the Fresno State, one of the Fresno State games. Um, and you had an unbelievable defensive game where I swear you were, you know, with all the switching that goes on. The one thing that I always admire <laughs> is the fact that you have this ability to to not back down to 6'10", 240 pound guys. <laughs> I have no idea how you do it. But I asked Roddy about it. He just said, he just said you know, Kendall is a dog. Um, and it was the ultimate compliment. You're just like the toughest, toughest guy pound for pound out there. And, it, um, and uh, it's a trait I've always admired. And so that's when the seeds were planted uh, for, for the, the name. And then um, my wife loves the name Kendall. Um, and so you had the name Kendall to go on to the papers. But then when it became obvious, your, your nickname is Mook. Um, and we had a perfect name for the dog. We could call it Mook or Mookie. 
um, all of a sudden things became crystal clear. And when we got the puppy, we knew what the name was going to be. It was just a matter of, uh, of revealing it, but we're so proud. <laughs> I, I, I am, like I said, I, I admire you. The, the idea of naming the dog after you was, was meant to be an honor. And hopefully it feels good to you. Um, he's going to be our yes, companion for 15 years. It's going to allow us to remember you for the, for the next 15 years as well. So hopefully that's, uh, that's something that means something to you. Yes, sir. I appreciate that so much. You don't even know. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> we'll have to. I had hoped to bring him by a practice. We we don't have all enough of the shots yet. Um, as soon as he gets a couple more shots, we'll probably bring him by practice and, and introduce him to you. And I think he'll love him. Sounds good. Sounds good. Hey, Kendall, tell us tell us about your team and the bond that you guys have as teammates and this family first, uh, both on and off the court. Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely family first. It's like a brotherhood, like. We all hang with each other <clears throat> on and off the court. So it's like we know each other's strengths and weaknesses, like in almost every aspect of life, kind of like we be around each other enough in the locker room. We go hang out and chill, play video games. It's like we know each other like the back of our hands. So it make it easier once we get on the court. You feel me? Know where people are, know what they like to do and stuff like that. Kendall, you were recruited uh, together with uh, Adam Thistlewood originally to Drake, and then you ended up uh... – uh, coming to CSU when the coaching staff came here. What were your first impressions of Adam when you the first time you met him? Uh, it was everything when I thought because me and AT we had a we had a tight relationship before I even like met him in person. Like we always text, talked on the phone, uh, played video games even before we was going to Drake. Like it was crazy. And so when I met him, it was like, oh, what up, my guy? Like it was just all laughs and giggles. And ever since then, like. That's like, that's my brother for sure. Like, so it's, it, it, the relationship has developed from just a, just a simple recruit to more like a brother. Is that what you said? Oh yeah. Yes, sir. Without a doubt. That's, that's awesome. Um, going back to kind of you and Adam, uh, I, I referred to you as uh, on a, I did a radio segment earlier in the, in the week and I referred to you two guys as the pillars to the current program. You were the two original guys that came here with Nico and the crew um, you were thrown into the, the starting lineup immediately as a freshman. I mean, there, there were no yes, questions sir. asked. You were, you were, what was that like? What did it feel like coming from high school and getting thrown into Division One basketball right away? I ain't gonna lie. I was definitely probably a little nervous at first. But um, Coach uh, sat us down and he told us, uh, obviously, we was going to be in the starting lineup. And, like, I wouldn't say I was shocked, but it was just more like I appreciate it. Like, he uh, has – Unbelievable trust in, trust in us as a young age to come in and start and play, what, 30, 30 plus minutes like we did freshman year. And to have that same trust now is just unbelievable. Shifting gears a little bit again, you, you had a baby January 5th of last year in the middle of, of basketball season. And this was shortly after the San Diego State comeback win, the historic comeback win at Viejas. You actually had to skip the second game of that trip so you could rush back home yeah. to Danville and, and be there for the birth. First of all, tell us, tell us about your daughter. She's what, one years old now. And uh, her name was yes, Sky. Is it Sky? Is that what I heard? Yeah. Her name is Sky. Sky Imani Moore. That's pretty. Tell it. Tell us about her. Uh, she's doing good right now. It's, it's crazy. I just got off the phone with her not too long ago before I jumped on a call with you guys. Um, she isn't walking yet quite, but she's definitely standing up, moving around, just being busy and, 
they say she has my attitude, which is I don't know if that's a good or bad thing right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so is she is she back in Danville or where is she now? She is. Okay. Yeah, she's in so, Danville, yes, sir. So how how is that tough being away from her and not seeing her all the time? And and how do you how do you deal with that being a student athlete, a father even from afar, and um, you know, and and juggling all those things. Um, yeah, it's definitely tough, like you said, because I miss her every day. But like, we FaceTime probably at least three or four times a day. Um, that's probably one of the first things I do when I wake up in the morning is call down and see what she's doing. Sometimes she still be sweet. Sometimes she'll be up. But um, they come up here like I probably see her once, once or twice every month. So it's not too bad. Like I don't see her at all, but it's definitely kind of tough for sure. Yeah. So is it, is it, is it difficult juggling? being a student, being a starter on a top division one basketball t- team and being a father, is it, uh, what's it like juggling that? Yeah, I want to say it's completely easy, but obviously my teammates, coaches, and my family back at home, they make it easier on me taking the, you feel me, taking the load off a little bit, but I don't know. I wish, I wish she was up here with me, but obviously that's not the case right now. It'll probably be a little bit harder if that was the case, but I feel like I could do it. At this point, I feel like I could do almost anything, especially when it comes to her. That's so great. When you had the baby, the coaches said, and this is, again, in the middle of the season, the coaches said, hey, welcome to stay there with mom and baby for a while. And and you said, hey, I, I'm going to get back to Fort Collins. I got a job to do. You came back a couple of days later. You actually rejoined the team on game day against UNLV, and, and you had a, a huge game. Uh, I think you scored 15 points and a big win over uh, UNLV that day. And that had to be kind of surreal from straight from the hospital with baby to on the court as a division one basketball player. Yeah, it was definitely crazy. Cause I actually got back uh, late the night before. And so as soon as I got, as soon as I got back from the airport, I went straight to Moby and I had a workout with um, our former coach, J.R. Blunt. I had a workout in a film session with him going over the plays and everything. So to make sure on game day, it was like I never missed anything. So I appreciate that, that they let me work out and got me prepared before the game because when the game come, I feel like I was I was ready. So, uh, so Kendall, you grew up in Illinois in Danville near so many uh, Midwest universities, obviously Illinois, Butler, Indiana, all those. What was your recruiting like out of high school uh, when you were starring at Danville High and uh, – can you walk us through the journey that brought you through to Fort Collins via via Des Moines? <laughs> um, yeah, it was my recruiting was kind of like majority, not gonna lie, like Missouri Valley team. Basically, it was a couple, a couple uh, bigger schools, maybe a little bit. But at the time, it was mainly Missouri Valley teams. And so when I committed to Drake, and I remember getting that that text message and phone call saying. Yeah, we're leaving Drake and going to Colorado State. And it was crazy because I was actually uh, just got out of school and was about to play pickup because it was after the high school season. And right then and there, I called my parents and I actually had a talk with Adam too. I texted him, I was like, dang, they leaving? And so after that, um, I reopened my recruitment, uh, got a little bit more interest. But then they came and was like, yeah, we have a scholarship left. So I got on a visit literally about two days later. Uh, got here and I committed before I left. Did uh, it, it was Jr. I I think uh, we had Jr. on last year. Jr. was the lead recruiter for you, wasn't he? Yeah, yes, he was. 
and how did that how did you go about building the relationship with him i'm just curious when did you first run into him uh um uh, how did that how did that whole thing go uh i think it uh, went very well um he was more he was a coach but he was more like a like a big brother at the same time like he kind of talked me through a lot of things especially when he was here even before i got to colorado state and even after he left, he still uh, a text to see how I'm doing and stuff like that. So I feel like we built a great relationship overall. Hey, just a couple more here, Kendall. I know you got to get going, but uh, have you put any thought to next year? Will you come back for a super senior year with the COVID year eligibility? Um, yeah, I'm putting some thought into it. As of right now, I have no idea what I'm going to do next year. But I definitely have put in thought, for sure. All right. Well, let's see how the rest of this year goes and we would love to have you back, brother. Uh, so one last question. This is from Mike, who couldn't end up joining us today. He, he asked this of all of our guests. He asked uh, Isaiah about, you know, what's his favorite food in Dallas, the barbecue and fried chicken they have there. That's what they're known for. And, and Chandler mm -hmm. from, from near Houston asked about barbecue and Tex-Mex. Danville, what, being not that far from what, a couple hours from, from Chicago, they're, they're known for dogs and pizza. Mike's saying that, you know, this, where you're from is kind of known from beef noodles, fried pork tenderloin and chili, but um, where, what would be, what would be your go-to if you are near Danville, if he's visiting near Danville, what would be your go-to spot for uh, a good meal? I would, I would probably have to go with pizza for sure. It's this spot uh, called Monaco's Pizza. And me and my mom just love eating it. We'll probably either get um, a chicken pizza or a pepperoni pizza from Monaco's is to die for. I love it. Is it that true Chicago style with like the sauce on the top or no? Uh 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 uh. It's just it's thin crust, uh, thin crust pizza, and it's just magnificent. <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a man of my. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. I like thin crust pizza. <laughs> yeah, New York pizza. Style. Me too. Me yeah. too. Well, Kendall, this has been really good, brother, and uh, I really appreciate you spending this time with us. And um, Stevie, anything else? No, I don't. I just want to say good luck. Uh, best of luck tomorrow. We're really looking forward to this, uh, to this uh, stretch drive over the, the, the next few games. Um, it's been a, an amazing season to date, and I think all of us expect it to continue, and we're just very, very, very excited to watch you and the rest of the guys take the floor against the running Rebels tomorrow. Yeah, what, what's exciting, bud, is that uh, you guys have put yourself into position to – to own your own destiny as far as the regular season title here. So is that something you guys have talked about and said, Hey, it's in our hands now. Let's go get it. Um, we don't really like try to like address it too much. Like you said, we try to like worry about a game at a time, but we know for a fact that it's in our hands. And if we keep playing, how we plan everything to take care of itself. All right. Well, you go get that next one tomorrow night then. Good luck to you. Hey, yes, sir. One, more, one more thing. Mookie wants you to know he wants to stay undefeated. He's been undefeated since he's come <laughs> home. So he wants to let you know. Keep it going, buddy. Yes, sir. We got you, Mookie. We got you. We got you. <laughs> All right, Kendall. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thank you for having me on. See you, man. All right. Our guest today was brought to you by Mighty River Brewing Company. They've been such great supporters of RamNation.com. I ask our fans to give back to them, support them, and you'll enjoy doing it yourself. They've got a dozen beers on tap, and I encourage you to try one of their newer releases called From the Deep Bourbon Barrel-Aged English Strong Ale. They released it back in December. It's available on draft in the tap room or in four-pack cans to go. 
Plus, they've got all the, the old standbys, of course, as well as the Little Brookie Hazy IPA. It's a low-carb, low-calorie American-style beer. It features juicy citrus flavor from Citra, Mosaic, and Azaka hops. Owner Dan Miller is taking care of those of us trying to drop a few LBs in 2022. Dan is a great Ram fan, longtime Ram Nationer. You should stop in, say hello to him, tell him thanks. Beers are only $5 on Mondays and Tuesdays, and you can show Ram Nation on your phone any day to get a dollar off your beers. That's Mighty River Brewing Company in Windsor. All right, what a great conversation that was with Kendall Moore. Steve, what'd you think about him? He's a, he's, a, he's a good kid. I absolutely love Kendall Moore. <laughs> he's just, he's, I wouldn't have named my dog after him if I didn't love him. Um, what I, I, he's just one tough, one tough guy. Um, he's fun loving, he's energetic, he's bouncy. Um, and, uh, I love that. I love that part of him. I love how tough he is. Um, we, we talked about it, you know, last night, if you watch last night, there was a situation, they were switching screens in the second half and, uh, there he was isolated on, uh, on the six, nine kid for uh, New Mexico, denying him the ball six feet from the basket. And they never were able to make that pass. A little 5'10 Kendall at 150 pounds, taking care of a guy 80 pounds uh, and 10 inches or a foot taller than him. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I love yeah. him. So what what uh, what were your thoughts on the last couple of wins? I want to look back at uh, that Boise game in particular. I mean, that was a, a hard-fought win. And that's a game that they played. I don't know if you say they played their very best, but they sure shot really well and to go on the road and get that win was was really impressive and a huge one as far as league standings go and and ncaa resume go yeah i you know the if you look at you know we we've talked a little bit about you know since the uh, since the wyoming game the, the trend has been really really good with this team but i think that boise state game was probably the best game we've played all year because they were up for it they were ready for that game and they played probably even though they were missing a, a key starter, um, I thought they played probably their best game of the year. I've watched a ton of them. They were really, really good against us, um, uh, shooting 13 for 24 from three. They were good inside, and I'll tell you what, we had to bring uh, we had to bring everything. Um, and it was probably you know if you look at the the run that uh, David Roddy's on, he's averaging since the uh, Wyoming game, he's averaging. Uh, 24 points and eight rebounds a game. He had a, a fewer points against Boise. It was probably the most mature game he's played in his career because that was, uh, they threw a lot of different stuff at him with double teams and triple teams coming from all over the floor. And, uh, and uh, he was incredibly mature in terms of recognizing what was the right play to make at any given time. And I, I thought that was kind of the critical, uh, the critical key part of that key part of the game. And I, I thought that was, like I said, the best game we played all year. And then New Mexico last night, um, Nico Medved said that they, you know, the, the game plan that they went in with wasn't working and what talk about what they, what they changed to, to shift the tides there. Yeah, they, they changed their ball screen coverage. They did something similar the first time we played them, too. We struggled the first time we played them, um, and they made some, uh, some minor changes. But a lot of it was, uh, a lot of it was driven by, uh, by James Moores uh, coming, off that, coming off the big and just basically blocking the middle, uh, using his body to stay in front of, uh, of their guards. And if you watch, they got stuck at the free throw line a lot um, and they got lost at the free throw line a lot. And that, that was absolutely critical. The on ball defense with people like Kendall and, uh, 
Chandler Jacobs, Isaiah Stevens had a great game as well defensively. Um, but uh, Moore's coming in and really being kind of that that big body that just took away the uh, took away the middle was was huge. I thought the performance yesterday. I sent a I sent a note to Nico. Um, I thought that was a professional performance yesterday. You could see they had a, a good game plan. They made one adjust one big adjustment at halftime, picked up the intensity and. What they what they did was, you know, the second half, they stayed true to just running their stuff over and over and over again. They knew they had the mismatch in Roddy. Um, and I thought Isaiah Stevens had one of the most brilliant games. He, it looked like he was doing nothing, but he was doing everything uh, to control the tempo and the pace of that game. And if you look at the, the, the difference in that game, the difference in the point guards, you had one guy who goes 100 miles an hour and turns the ball over and gets stuck with the ball. And you had another guy just running, uh, running the team through their paces, running, uh, running their, uh, their sets, um, getting the ball to the people in the right places. Uh, I thought Isaiah was absolutely brilliant. When he needed to hit a shot, he hit a shot. <laughs> yep. 12 points, seven assists. He was uh, that floor general that you – you need out of him. Um, and then, and then the, the matchup against UNLV, what's um, when, when you saw the previous game, when CSU could not do a lot right and played a little bit better in the second half of that game against UNLV, but they really didn't threaten that lead at all and lost by 14 at home. Is that a, uh, just a bad matchup for CSU or is that a game that we did some things that can clean up and, and can go on the road and get a win? I, I think it's the latter, Joel. I, there's, I, there's some things, uh, obviously Bryce Hamilton's a tough guard for anybody, the way he's been playing. He's been good for about 30 a game for the last month. But that being said, um, I thought we played, uh, we've played two really poor games. I'm not, I'm not upset about the Wyoming loss because I think we outplayed them and should have won that game, but We've played two really poor games. One was San Diego State and one was UNLV. In both of those games, we got absolutely bullied in the paint. It wasn't Hamilton going off that beat us. It was getting absolutely bullied in the paint in terms of rebounds, in terms of their bigs just scoring at will at the hoop. They had a guy that's good for about two or three points a game that scored like a dozen against us. And he was just dunking on our heads, just grabbing loose balls and dunking on our heads. And that, we were just not tough in that game. Um, I expect to see a completely different team tomorrow, similar to what we saw in Boise, where we were very physical in the paint against a very good rebounding Boise team. And I think we ended up out rebounding, uh, out rebounding Boise. I would expect to see a game a lot, a lot closer on the glass against UNLV. And I think ultimately, uh, the class of our team, we have more guys that can put the ball in the basket. I think we'll end up uh, coming out on top tomorrow, but it'll be a, it'll be a hard fought game. They're going to be tough at home and Kruger's law. Uh, Kevin Kruger has done a great job getting that program turned around just in terms of their, uh, their attitude and the way they play. They play a lot tougher than they have the last few years. Well, Bryce Hamilton's been a beast averaging 21 and a half points a game um, is is I have not heard. Do they expect Donovan Williams to be back this year? Yeah, he's he started playing again. I think a couple of games ago. I don't think he's a hundred percent, but he's he's playing. Um, and they got other guys that are starting to get a little more comfortable in the system. Uh, some of their some of their role players are capable of scoring ten points a game, but but ultimately. Um, 
this is one of those games if CSU plays to their level um, and comes out with the proper uh, the proper mentality, I think they're gonna they're gonna come out on top. So uh, looking at your crystal ball, um, I guess you know when I I remember looking back at the beginning of this month after that Wyoming loss that we've been talking about and looking at the remaining schedule and thinking what would it take to get back <laughs> into the conference tournament or the conference uh, regular season race. And uh, you look at that final nine game gauntlet that it would have to, you'd have to run to really stay in it um, and, and to have a chance at the regular season title, but the Rams have passed the test so far. They've won five straight and it has not been an easy road. You started off with uh, what San Diego state after the Wyoming game, won that one at home, went to Nevada, which actually was a pretty nice win. Um, we haven't really, put an emphasis on how good of a win that was because they're playing much better. Uh, the Fresno state basically blew them out at home. And then that big one at Boise States uh, and then, and then New Mexico last night. So what an impressive five game stretch, but it doesn't get any easier. So uh, if you look at your crystal ball, Steve, with starting tomorrow night at UNLV, then you host Wyoming next Wednesday at Utah State next Saturday. And then you had a week off, which is kind of weird, uh, a full week in between that final Boise game. Um, strange that we get a full week between games. We haven't had that all, all league season, but how do you think the Rams will fare down the stretch? What, what do you think would be a good finish? So obviously I'm rooting for four and oh, um, I think that's, I think it'll be tough. Um, uh, UNLV game isn't, I mean, I, I think we're going to win, but that certainly isn't a gimme. Um, they've been playing well. They, uh, they went into Fresno and beat Fresno the other the other night, and they're they're up to fifth place, and so they're playing for, uh, you know, a first round bye in the in the tournament, which is all important. The top five teams get uh, buys in the in the first round of the Mountain West tournament. Um, I like our chances there. I do like our chances against Wyoming. Wyoming's good. I, you know, they they uh, they they can they can they can obviously beat you. They could come into Moby and they could win. But I I thought we outplayed them and I thought we should have beaten them by ten up in Laramie. I thought we were a better team and missed so many layups and wide open threes. And I think those shots will go down in uh, in Moby. So I like our chances there. The Utah State game. I I am worried. Um, it's senior night. Um, and you've got a couple of important seniors, including Justin Bean, and the crowd will be uh, the crowd will be wild and and crazy in the in Logan that day. And that that's always a tough environment to get a win. Um, it, I, I'm dying to see. You know, the, if you think about the next two games, you know, our guys we have guys that haven't won there. Um, we've never. I don't think we've won in Vegas in a few years. Um, I know we haven't won in Utah State in a, in a few years. It'd be really nice to get those. Uh, those uh, those two wins, um, I think that would kind of complete the, uh, the, uh, the the legacy of guys like Roddy and uh, and Stevens. I think it'll mean that they will have wanted every uh, every venue in uh, in the Mountain West by the time they're juniors, which is probably not much. Uh, not many players can probably say that in CSU's history. Um, and then obviously the, the final game against Boise and Boise, if you've watched Boise, um, they played well against us last Sunday and they absolutely smoked Air Force. Um, they looked tremendous against Air Force. They looked as good as any team I've seen all year. Um, I watched that game and I don't think anybody would have beaten Boise State. And I'm talking top 10 teams wouldn't have beaten Boise State that night. They played so well. Uh, so they're going to come into Moby and that could be that could be for a first seed, a second seed. Um, who knows? Um, and obviously, 
both teams fighting for their uh, their NCAA uh, at large uh, lives over the last few games. Um, I think that that's going to be a good one too. So I mean, every one of these games, like you said, um, is is a big one. I do like the fact we we have that week off. Uh, to get ready for Boise State, um, we tend to be really good when we have time to prepare. Um, getting back, getting back to that, it is kind of weird that we do have that week off. Where we were supposed to play in uh, in San Diego Tuesday of that week, and then they moved that game up to uh, up to uh, you know January. So that 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 became a bye week. Um, and then when they crammed all these other games into this past, we were supposed to have our bye this past week and they crammed all these other games in there. So um, it's uh, it, it, we're looking at uh, at having a week off to get ready for Boise and get rested. And I'll tell you what, we had we had a lot of time to prepare for Oral Roberts. And I think you saw how we played against Oral Roberts. So, yeah. um, I, I that one bodes well, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I have full confidence that this team will be very, very good. We've been fantastic since that Wyoming loss. They have really taken that loss to heart. And uh, and this this run that they're on right now, you've seen them move up in the net rankings by a bunch. You've seen them move up in Ken Palm into the 20s. Um, they are on a roll right now and they're playing uh, close to what the what their best is. Um we can just make a few more threes, I think we're going to be unbelievable um, as the season uh, progresses into the postseason. All right, last question. Just uh, you, you mentioned you want to really be in that top five in the in the conference tournament. Uh, looking at the current standings, Boise and Wyoming up top at uh, with two losses, CSU and San Diego State with three losses. And then there's a group, uh, UNLV and Fresno State at six. Who, who, would, you, who would be your... Uh, your favorites to, to finish in that top five. I'm really kind of looking between, you know, San Diego state, UNLV, Fresno state, that, that, that group there. I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be San Diego state and UNLV in the top five. I, um, I was very disappointed when I saw Fresno here. Um, they looked like they had played pretty well earlier in the year, but they looked like the, a team that had fractured a little bit. Um, we didn't play all that great a first half against them, but we ended up beating them by 15. That was their worst loss of the year. The numbers against them, we had the top uh, top defensive performance of the year against them, and we had the second best offensive performance of the year. They're always going to be hard to blow out because they play so damn slow. They play slower than Air Force. That's I mean that that's their pace is ridiculous. Um, you, you get five to ten possessions less per game when you play Fresno, and that. I, I thought they looked fractured. I, I thought Orlando Robinson looked frustrated, and that guy's just a heck of a basketball player. Um, and then they went back home, and they had uh, well rest. They were rested well for uh, for UNLV, and they got they got beat pretty good. Um, they went up early, but they got beat pretty good by UNLV. I think UNLV's coming on. I don't like the way Fresno's uh, looking right now. Utah State, who knows what's going on there? They were looking so good for a while, and they, you know they. They, they lost five, they win five, and then they, I think they've lost the, their last two or three. Um, and they're headed, they're headed way in the wrong direction. And you might see Nevada end up, uh, end up catching them as well. And you could end up seeing uh, Utah State in like that number eight position when they were looking, uh, when they were looking uh, uh, just absolutely, um, absolutely solid um, to finish top four. Um, they're a good team, um, but I don't know going on there um san diego state i still in the race i i 
don't <laughs> I don't rule them out of finishing first of winning the rest of their games and finishing uh, 14 and three. Um, ironically, um, they could what would be really interesting is, you know, if CSU wins out and San Diego State wins out, CSU will be Mountain West Conference regular season championship champions by half a game because the Mountain West has chosen not to reschedule the San Diego State at New Mexico game at the pit. Um, for whatever reasons, I think it's actually, I have a personal belief that it has to do with uh, how much they love San Diego State and how much they take care of them and how much they will limit the amount of uh, uh, elevation games they have to play because they really struggle playing at elevation. They're 0-2 this year. They still have uh, Wyoming and Nevada to play. But uh, but that would be the uh, like the ultimate irony if, uh, if San Diego State uh, wins out and still finishes uh, – finishes in second place because they didn't get a uh, game scheduled, especially after what happened last year with forfeits. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, they do still have a pretty tough, uh, they get a tough, couple tough games remaining. They go to go to Fresno tomorrow. Uh, they have to go to Boise on Tuesday. Uh, and then they got to go to Wyoming on the 28th. So, um, and then they still have Reno as well. They still they have, have Reno to to, as they well. Still they still have, have Reno. That is, Nevada has played awfully well the last they've won three in a row and they're finally playing to their uh, looks like they're playing to their potential a little more to their potential still not in a, in a, in a great place record wise but uh, you know we've seen the talent that we've seen what uh, Nevada can do you know you mentioned earlier that, that we probably didn't talk enough about the Nevada win the CSU win at Nevada but we ran we dominated that game we were double digit pretty much ahead by double digits the entire uh the entire second half and uh, they're starting to play good and they're a good team. And for us to go into to Reno and win by, uh, by double digits, that was a, that was a heck of a win. That really was. That was the resurgence of Kendall game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which we loved, but it was also the, uh, you know, we followed up. I, I, we talked a little bit uh, about this earlier. Um, I think the, the turning it's it's funny the turning point in a season can sometimes come at a loss um, a lot of times it does and I think if you look at the focus that this team has had since the Wyoming game it has been this has been uh, just an unbelievable run and they are really really locked in and I think they uh, I, I don't have confirmation of this but I, I would love to spend some time with the coaches and the players I think they watched the film of the, uh, the, uh, the, the Wyoming game and realized that they absolutely tossed that game. I think they, they realized that they were the better team. And, and for them to lose that game, they looked in the mirror and they said, we're not going to let this happen again. And I, I honestly believe that's what's led to this streak and, and the, the solid play. Um, it doesn't mean we, they won't lose a game. You could run into a team that plays really, really well. We could have lost that Boise game very easily. That was a one possession game. We played really well. Boise played really well. And if we lost that game, obviously I'd be upset as a fan um, because it was so close. I hate losing close games, but bottom line is that was a game we could have lost and you would have gone, Oh darn, they played really well. And they did. So yeah. um, you just don't know. So, I mean, we could have a loss, uh, a loss coming. Somebody could just play out of their minds. But all in all, um, I, I look at these last four games and I go, you know, this team is this team is 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 really lined up to deliver four really solid basketball games. And that's all we can ask for. Yep. I'm 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 sad that the season is winding down, but the best part is to come. So um, 
Hey, Steve, uh, before I let you go, uh, I know that uh, you had mentioned previously that you were declared cancer free, which is hallelujah. Um, obviously, you're gonna have to go through screenings for a while. But what fantastic news that are you feeling better regaining your strength? And I know you'd gone, kind of gone through a grind there for a bit. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Joel, for asking. Um, I am starting to do better. I still get fatigued. Uh, but uh, all in all, uh, things are things are on the up and up. And obviously, having the having the the new puppy uh, <laughs> is uh, is is a little more demanding on me in terms of my energy <laughs> level. So it's it's been a good thing. My wife commented yesterday. You know, I think this puppy has really been a good thing for you. And right. I'm not going to deny it. It's uh, it's been really good. So we're excited about that. And of course, I'm starting to get excited about the postseason. I'm not going to go to the Mountain West tournament. Um, I, I just don't do that. I, 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 Vegas, I don't want to, I don't do good in Vegas if I go for more than 48 hours. That's just the way it goes. I don't yeah. like spending more than 48 hours there. I'm not going to spend three days there. But uh, that being said, um, the postseason beyond that, I expect that we will be getting an NCAA at-large bid and the plans are to go. The only way I won't go, my wife and I have talked about this is she looked at me and said, if they ended up getting assigned to a game in Buffalo, would you go? And I said, no, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been to Buffalo, Joel. Uh, I have. Um, it's like as miserable as it gets. If you think Laramie is bad, Buffalo's 10 times worse. I'm sorry. It's That's so funny. Bad. I have never been to Buffalo, but uh, that was the one that we were like, please, no, just don't anywhere but Buffalo. You know, <laughs> I, just... some people go, some people worry about seeds and stuff and you go, oh, you know, if we get an eight seed and we get the West, we could end up getting Gonzaga in the second round. And my answer is, hell yeah, that yeah. sounds good. We get to go to San Diego and we get to play a number one team. And you always want to play these top teams early in tournaments. The, the pressure's all on them. Yeah. And the, in, in, a, in a round of 32 game, the pressure's all on a Gonzaga, not on a, not on a CSU. You want, you want that kind of game. And boy, would I love to go to, cause to San Diego, we, my wife and I, Robin and I had planned to go to San Diego for the, uh, for the uh, the game at uh, at uh, Viejas against San Diego State, uh, that's you know the the I think the Tuesday uh, of the last week of the season, and when they moved the game up to January, we we lost that uh, that trip. We had hoped to go to that game. We thought that that was the anticipation of that might be the uh, the conference championship clincher, and to do it at Viejas would have been. Uh, would have been something. Well, that's not going to happen, but uh, it sure would be nice to get NCAA tournament games in San Diego. Yeah. Boy, I, I would take that. Portland wouldn't be bad either. Uh, just something on the West side of the country here would, would be preferable, but anyway, we'll, we'll take it as it comes. And first things first, let's win on uh, tomorrow night. And uh, I can't wait for, I, I am going to Vegas for the conference tournament. I'm super excited about that. It's, I, I still remember the glory days of the Jimmer for death years and, what 20, 2011 and uh, and then those few years after that, just incredible crowds, sellout crowds, just great teams, superstar players. I think we're getting back towards that. Um, I don't know if we'll see the same kind of fan support, but I think from a competition level, it's going to be outstanding. And uh, I think the competition, to be honest with you, is this year. Um, you, you look at it, you know, New Mexico is going to finish ninth and they can be kind of dangerous. Um, but you look at the top eight and you go, you know, Utah State and Nevada are going to be probably seven and eight. 
and, and I hate to say it, but they're really good teams. And if you're a number one seed and you get a number eight, like a Nevada uh, or a Utah state, you could be gone in the first round very uh, easily. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't play, you got to bring your, you're going to have to bring your a game to, to win that tournament every night. Yep. Um, and I, I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be battles and wars. And I, you know, I, I, I like, CSU's chances because of their depth. I also like San Diego State's chances because of their depth. I think the other teams can play very, very well, but to expect them to go three games, uh, to expect uh, a Boise or a uh, uh, a uh, Wyoming to go three games when they play their starters regularly, forty minutes. They play three guys for forty minutes. That's uh, that's asking a lot over three nights. Yeah. Well, Steve, I think it was our best show ever. I don't know why that is. We might. Maybe because we trimmed the fat a little bit, but <laughs> you had the right guy asking the food question. Uh, we we missed Mike. Mike couldn't show up today. He chose to go to the bar instead. He's probably watching soccer. But sure was glad you were able to, Steve. Thanks so much for being here. Um, thanks to Kendall Moore for joining us as well for a good half an hour. Really fun talking to him, especially as in their crazy schedule they got going on right now but uh thank you all for listening go rams tomorrow night let's get that win and uh let's close the year strong yep go rams